0: Service that's in the prayer book, and then pray for the needs of the church and things like that. Uh, But I always was struck by the words of this prayer: "Look kindly on our world as we suffer and struggle with one another." Gosh, that's pessimistic, isn't it? Poor, poor Anglicans, eh? As we suffer and struggle, it's such a hard road uh, living with other people. But uh, upon reflection, I. I think the idea, isn't it, is that we, with is more like alongside, I think that's what it's trying to get at, as we suffer and struggle alongside one another, and the church is driven by that same necessity to care and struggle with one another. Hello. Yes, this is the front. You all right? right? all right? And so the idea, I guess, as we look at heavenly relationships... Picking up something of of that idea that all of us, whatever we do in our our Monday to Saturday, which has been our focus for the Lenten study, uh, we interact with people. You cannot get away from that in whatever you do. Uh, So how do we do that alongside one another? Uh, I'm going to be focusing particularly on the Colossians reading, and we've had two other fantastic readings in Romans, which is a summary of of the way in which a Christian is to uh, carry themselves in the world. Fantastic reading. Uh, And then Matthew 18 about conflict, how we uh, resolve conflict. We're going to have to leave those, unfortunately, for the Q&A session. So if you want to dig into those a bit more, we will meet uh, after the service up in the social lounge uh, there to dig into that a bit more. But the Colossians reading, and in particular, some of the the five character traits that Paul lists that we are to clothe ourselves with. Uh, Just, I guess, a bit of disclaimer at the beginning. uh, There are people who have written entire books on just compassion. Uh, for example, Henry, Henri Nguyen written a fantastic book just on the, on the one trait, com, com, compassion. So it's not going to be exhaustive today, but I'm hoping that as we listen, as we open uh, prayerfully, what is it that God is saying to us about some of these traits? How are we going in some of these errors? That's what I want us to listen out for today. So let's pray as we continue. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge your word has been spoken to us this morning. And your word is a living and active word, Uh, sharper than a two-edged sword, divides uh, between our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Lord, we open ourselves to that word, knowing that it is a word of grace, a word of life uh, that we hear today. So help us to be aware of your word to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, The theme, Heavenly Relationships, was an attempt at being a little bit provocative. I don't know if that actually happened. Uh, what comes to mind for you when someone says the word heavenly? Probably not relationships, I would dare to guess. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it is. Uh, I wonder if it's more like the kind of the holiday destination was a heavenly uh, destination. You know, the soak in the hot spa, that was heavenly. Not really a word I particularly use, but maybe you do, uh, to talk about the the latest hot soak you had was heavenly. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, uh, in Christian circles... That people can be so heavenly-minded that they are of no earthly use. Have you heard that? that bandied around before? And I think it's the idea that describes this kind of annoying Christian person that know it all about Scripture, so super spiritual, kind of floating everywhere. You know the you know the type. We don't get them here, but you know the type. Uh, and they're you know they've got they're, they're holier than than thou. Um, and they have a head in spiritual matters and the Bible and all these kind of extra kind of biblical stuff that no one's really talking about and really aren't in touch with the realities of the world. And there's this feeling that you can be almost too Christian, you know? You you, go so involved in the church and all that God stuff uh, that you really are no use to the world. You, You lose If you do that, if you get too into Christianity you become kind of completely unreasonable in your thinking and your practical ability to offer anything into the world. That's the kind of caricature with that saying, isn't it? And that's true, isn't it? I think that is possible, that we can be so buried in particular things that we lose sight of the realities of the world around us. But it's interesting that in the letter that Paul writes to the Colossi, he says that we are to do exactly that. Uh, so I'll repeat it again. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. We are to be heavenly minded, Paul said. That's where our focus is to be. Set your minds on those things. We're going to talk a little bit about what he means, of course. But that's where the Christian mind is to be directed C.S. Lewis, a uh, very famous Christian author, uh, maybe riffing off Paul a bit in this section, said this. A continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking. But one of the things a Christian is meant to do. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire. The great men who built up the Middle Ages. The English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade. All left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this There's a a completely different spin on the. I wonder if the kind of predominant way in which we think. He finishes by saying, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. If we want to make a difference on earth, we have to be focusing on heaven. So what does Paul uh, go on after this opening phrase of set your minds on heaven? What does he go on to say about aiming at heaven? What does it look like to seek the things that are above in our day-to-day lives, in our Monday-to-Saturday lives? I'm going to go through those five traits that Paul listed, compassion, uh, kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience. Uh, But before I do that, just a quick note on how Paul introduces those qualities, because I think it's important as he sets the scene uh, for what he's about to say, Christians are called to live. So Paul says, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, etc. So firstly, God, Paul says that we are God's chosen ones. Uh, I guess a corporate way of thinking about this is that you have been headhunted by God. God has found your business card, found about your business practice, and he has pursued you in particular for his uh, team. It is because of God's initiative, not your own, that you are, have entered into a relationship with God wasn't your great uh, uh, brainwave that you thought, thought you should join the kind of God team. Uh, it was all God's action. And a little bit unlike being headhunted in the corporate world, uh, in God's economy, in God's kingdom, it's actually more about God's character, His grace, that you have been chosen. Yes, yes, you are all very special people. Uh, but God has really done us a favor. Uh, not the other way around, by us accepting to be part of God's uh, kingdom. It's actually God's benevolence and favor to us that we have been uh, chosen, as it were. Secondly, Paul says that we are holy and beloved. I think it's interesting, the word beloved, we don't often talk about much in church, uh, circles. Uh, I don't know why that is, but we could speculate, but... The idea that you are actually deeply loved by God. We don't, we don't preach that very often. We don't like to use those words very often. Maybe it makes us feel a bit uncomfortable. But the idea that you, you deeply matter to God. You are important to God. The, not just you as a person, but what you do and who you are and all of those things. God doesn't just love you, but he actually likes you. <laughs> he, he likes the person that you are. You are the focus of God's attention. So everything that you do, all of that matters uh, uh, very much to, to the heart of God. You have a treasured place in the heart of God. And I hope we experience that or understand that. Uh, and it feels nice to hear that, that you are loved. You are loved by God. Uh, but I think it's, it's wider than just a feeling of, of love. It's, uh, it's more, it's more to do with our ability to find our identity and our value in, in the person of God and in that relationship that we have been drawn into, uh, with God. So much so that when we are mistreated, when people are against us in our, in our day-to-day lives, when people treat us poorly, when people do not love us, uh, we do not need to retaliate. We do not need to take revenge, as Paul said in, in that piece in Romans. We know our place. We know that we are loved. We know that we are secure in the love of God. Therefore, we are able to love uh, out into the world who, does not ex- who do not experience that love themselves. So God's chosen, God's beloved, God's loved people. Uh, Paul then says we ought to clothe ourselves with these particular traits. And there is some overlap, I don't know if you notice as they were read, there is some overlap with the gifts of the Spirit uh, found in the letter to the Galatians. And Paul uses this metaphor of clothing within, for these character traits, which I think a fantastic one for us as we're thinking about God at work in our Monday to Saturday, because just like we would uh, put on a uniform for work each morning, whether that's going to the office, whether that's being at home. You know, we put on the gardening clothes, don't we? We put on specific clothes for the job and the, the task that we're about to uh, get on with. Paul says that we are in the same way when we get up in the morning, we are to clothe ourselves with those heavenly traits. So as we kind of roll out of bed, we are to put these things on with us as well as the clothes that we would, uh, we would wear. So we're going to go through uh, some of these traits that Paul lists. The first one is compassion. So at its base, compassion is about responding to human need. We see Jesus shows compassion uh, to the crowds that follow him. They're sheep without a shepherd. And so he has compassion on them, and he acts um, according to the needs that they have. I think it's very easy and interesting in the kind of current culture we have of ladder climbing, of outperforming one another, being in competition with each other in in the job uh, market, uh, outscoring one another, outdressing one another, all of those things. Uh, It's very easy to become kind of callous uh, to the needs of people around us and almost to be blind uh, to the fact of where people end up in that rat race uh, if they are not successful and are not achieving and how they are treated because of that kind of culture. Whether Wherever we find ourselves, in the Christian community or in the community uh, of, of the world, uh, in the community of the workplaces that we find ourselves, the Christian recognizes that we are always in a community. We are, com- we are always connected to those around us. We cannot be individuals on our own. Our actions, our behaviors always impact on those around us. For all the damage that coronavirus is doing at the moment, the one thing that it has reminded us is of how connected we are with one another and how important uh, when, when, things, when we put in place practices to avoid the spreading of virus, uh, human contact, basic human contact. Uh, you notice how, how different that feels. Uh, I don't know if you tried to watch any of the cricket with empty crowds or the rugby. Empty crowds. It's a com- an amazingly different uh, vibe to those uh, events. We realize how important and how connected we are as people. So whether that's a Christian community or we are just simply citizens of the world to do to, to good uh, in the places that we find ourselves. The struggles then of the individual, of the one person the Christian recognizes, are actually the struggles of all of us. People are not to uh, go on their own struggle without us reaching out and helping them. We recognize they are part of who we are. They are a part of our success. They are a part of our failure, and we need to respond to that. So what does that look like uh, in the workplace? What does that look like when uh, someone isn't pulling their weight? Or when someone is kind of overreaching and, you know, punching above their weight, kind of taking over areas of, of our workplace that they really probably shouldn't be? What does that look like in social settings when someone isn't, doesn't quite fit in? They're a little bit out of place. They're a little bit out on the fringe because maybe they say uh, the wrong things or or act in the wrong way. How do we respond with compassion uh, to those situations? Maybe an easier way for us to think about this is that who who are the people in your Monday to Friday, the Monday to Saturday rather, the people that you interact with at the moment, who who really need lifting up, who really need. That extra bit of support, that extra bit of help at the moment, and how have you responded to them in the past? What, what might God be calling you to? Rather than maybe turning uh, turning a blind eye to that person, what might God be calling you to? How might God be calling you to act uh, in support of that person? We've got to be careful that compassion is not just a feeling. Compassion is not just sympathy for someone's situation or someone's difficult. Uh, difficulty and feeling sorry for them. Uh, Compassion, as we see in Jesus, it sees and feels the needs of others, the plight of others, the difficulty of others, and it steps up and acts. It does something about it. Uh, Sometimes that is at personal cost. Sometimes uh, our own status, our own self-image will uh, lessen if we uh, step in to help someone, to protect someone, to support someone. And we have to take that on the chin. Other times it will affect our work. The work that we want to get done that day, whatever that is, is often interrupted by the needs of others. Uh, the act of compassion steps in and acts uh, to help that person. The other side of this, uh, it's a bit off script, but the other side of it is the lack uh, the, the lack of the ability to see us as a community, as a gathered uh, group of people, that we are all in this together, that we want to Isolate and individualate ourselves from others and the needs of others, um, and so I, I would encourage you to to be thinking about that. If that uh, is the way uh, if that is a struggle for you, uh, to bring that in prayer uh, to God, because it's quite different from the response that God calls us to to have in the world where we find ourselves. Secondly, kindness. I'm not going to go into as much depth through each of these, but uh, I think compassion is, is quite a key one for us at the moment. Kindness is the next trait, and it kind of flows in from that community understanding that we are in this together. We show kindness to one another uh, by, by being sensitive to one another's needs. Uh, but the trick with being sensitive to one another's needs, you actually have to know one another's needs first. Uh, so a great test for this, is if, uh, for human kindness, is are you able... Uh, to name some of the issues and needs of the people that you deal with on a daily basis, if we were to turn now, we won't. But if we were to turn now, are you able to name someone in your workplace, at home, and what their current kind of issue or main need is at the moment? Are you able to do that? Are you able to do that in your family, uh, with with your own, you know, your spouse or your kids or your grandkids? What is the issue? What is the current issue for them at the moment? We have a little tradition at home at the dinner table where we go around the table and say one good thing that's happened today and one bad thing that's happened today. Uh, it can get a bit wild at times, but quite a good practice because you instantly know, uh, hopefully, as you build up the, the, the support and the encouragement to do so, of what's going on for that person. What, some, what, what is the struggle that they face uh, today? Uh, really good practice uh, to get into. So kindness is about hearing people. Hearing people out, even if they're kind of mis- misaligned in what they are expressing or saying, uh, you know, misdirected in their needs or expectations and all those sorts of things. That may be the case, but hearing them out is kindness, uh, and then being considerate of their needs as you go forward, responding uh, in kind to what is going on for them, uh, and I don't think we can undervalue kindness because it is, is a very powerful witness to the character of God. Uh, God showed his kindness. He saw our needs and showed kindness to us in the person of Jesus Christ and sacrificially so. It's a powerful witness to people. If you remember the last time someone showed you uh, or did an act of kindness for you and how that made you feel. Uh, it is an incredible act, one that we um, undervalue sometimes. But it's all been picked up with, I guess, the, the random acts of kindness sort of idea as well. Okay, we're going to move through the next three a little bit quicker. And as I've said, we do have a and a session after church that we can uh, plumb the depths a bit more of these uh, topics. So the next one, humility. I don't know whether you've heard the saying, uh, which I think is a fantastic one for humility, is not about thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves Less. Uh, so humility is not about being a pushover, not about being a doormat where everybody else has their way and you don't, and you just get bowled over all the time. Uh, it's actually about recognizing the abilities, the, folk, uh, the, the skills, uh, the resources that we have to contribute, and contributing them to the help uh, and the benefit of others. So it's actually being very aware of, of where we are good, where we are capable, uh, not going on about that and blowing our trumpet about that, but yes, I have gifts to share. Yes, I have abilities that I can share into this community for its betterment or in my workplace or whatever that may, that may be. Uh, so humility is about building a, a team of people around you that achieves and accomplishes their goals and does well. It is then about sharing accomplishment amongst the team. Rather than going on about how, what a great job I did, uh, it's saying as a team we were able to achieve this. And then it is focusing, I guess, on and celebrating the outcomes that we were able to achieve as a team or as a business or as a home, as a family. Wasn't it great? You know, if you're taking your grandkids along to primary school and everything went well. Didn't we do that so well, Johnny? Even though it was probably you twisting around the whole way. You know, wasn't it great that we were able to achieve uh, X, Y, and Z, whatever it was, together? Uh, and that we, we did that. This is the same. Uh, that God does with us. I heard a, a friend share the other day that we are called to elevate him. We are called to elevate his purposes in the world and celebrate his purposes uh, and not ourselves, We're not elevate what we did and how we contributed uh, to that. Okay, last two, gentleness, very similar to kindness. Uh, but I think the focus for gentleness is being able to relate to someone in a way in which they feel built up and loved and cared for and encouraged, even when we may need to be critical of what that person is doing. Uh, so in the work environment, if you are a boss and you are having to pull someone in and bring a correction to their uh, their, their work or critique what they are doing, are you able to do that in such a way that when they leave, they kind of leave with a smile and they're happy and they feel built up and encouraged in what they are doing? There's a gentleness in the way in which we conduct ourselves. Uh, and likewise with family members, are you able to reprimand the kid for, for whatever they're doing but they feel built up, they feel encouraged uh, as part of that We're to be aware of how much people can take, what burdens people can take you know, says, uh, Paul says that we are not to exasperate our children it's the same with all our human relationships are we able when we relate to someone as Māori would put it, to keep their mana intact, to keep people's dignity uh, intact even if we have to say some hard things to each other Patience, finally, is the willingness to endure wrongs against us. Uh, It's often translated in in various Bible versions as long suffering. Are we able to? uh, Do we have the willingness to put up with things, even though they are not as they should be? And a lot of this is about acceptance, actually, Uh, acceptance sometimes of the way things are. I know we talk a lot uh, in in the church about transformation, about seeking justice uh, in the world, and we should be always about those things. But sometimes a Christian is called to suffer. Sometimes a Christian is called to put up with uh, a situation that, that is not uh, as it should be and to do so with grace, to do so with kindness, to do so uh, for the long haul and not with uh, bitterness or all of those things. This is a gift of the Spirit that allows us to do that. Remember, we are clothing ourselves with some of those heavenly gifts. Uh, We are not able to do it ourselves, but God gives us the power to be able to do that. Just to finish, Paul does talk about forgiveness, which is a a very big part of uh, the gospel message and a part of what Paul wants to say in this letter. Uh, We've we've run out of time to to go into that. But something just for us to consider and, uh, and think through as we go from here. Paul talks about forgiving others just as Christ has forgi- just as God has forgiven you in Christ. As we have been recipients of God's grace in our own lives. We know our own hearts. We know that we fail and do make all sorts of mistakes. God uh, gives forgiveness, gives patience, gives kindness to us. God does not give up on us. God does not condemn us uh, and say, look, that's enough. I've had it with you. So what, would that, what does forgiveness look like uh, for us? Uh, in the work context, you know, when we have performance reviews and we have uh, targets to meet, when we have contractual obligations and KPIs and all those sorts of things. Uh, if we remember that foundation of God's forgiveness not giving up on us, what does that, help? how will that look uh, in some of those situations? Are we able to develop a forgiving culture wherever we find ourselves, at home, in the family, at work? A culture that's forgiving but not permissive. Uh, you know, gracious but not relaxed that anything goes kind of thing. How would we go about uh, producing that sort of culture? Something to discuss, something to think about. I'm going to pray uh, to close. And I want us to think about how heavenly are your relationships? Are you aiming for heaven uh, in the way in which you relate to others? There's a lot to consider. So what was the kind of one thing that stuck out for you? Uh, what was the one thing that one aspect that really spoke to you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have come to us in the person of Jesus and shared your love, your forgiveness, uh, your hope with us. And Lord, as we uh, struggle and uh, to work that forgiveness out in our own lives, that love in our own lives, that compassion, Lord, I just pray you would continue to speak to us as we go from here. Uh, what is the area that we need to work on? Where, where are we perhaps unkind? Where are we unforgiving? Uh, Lord, bring your light uh, to those areas of our heart, to, to those areas of our mind, to our thinking. Uh, Lord, and show us your character again, afresh, and uh, who you are uh, for us. Amen.